Hello, my fine friends. Thank you for choosing my podcast to listen to. We're powered by ACAS Plus. You can join uh, ACAS Plus if you want to get lots of bonuses. Google Rahalastapa and ACAS Plus and you'll get right there. There's lots of fun stuff to get. Um, Rahalastapa tour is nearly over. 21st of March, I'm at Bedford Corn Exchange. I'm talking to Olaf Falafel, who's a very funny children's author and stand-up comedian, and Al Murray, the pub landlord and historian man. And a friend of mine, uh, it should be fantastic, who went to Bedford, went to school in Bedford. It should be amazing. There's plenty of tickets left for that one. Uh, Glasgow on the 27th and Hull on the 28th. They're both sold out, but do keep checking the sites for returns. And uh, occasionally we put some comps back on sale, so there may be a chance to buy tickets. The main thing, though, is that I am going to be on tour doing stand-up, and I would love you to come. Uh, it's uh, from... It starts officially in May, but so uh, there's a few tryouts in April and March. So I'm at the Bill Murray. I'm at um, various places, Luton Hat Factory and uh, the Berry Hedge End. I don't even know where that is before going into a big tour where I'm going all over the place. It's selling in various degrees. Glasgow sold out. They've added an extra date. Uh, Chorley sold out, joined the waiting list. Uh, but a lot of the others have plenty of tickets. So... Do go and come to see that. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour for all those tour dates. RichardHerring.com slash Rahalastapa for the remaining Rahalastapa dates. And uh, yeah, and then I'm going to take a little break from doing Rahalastapas. It'll be nice. We've got loads in the bank. Uh, so I hope you're enjoying them. I think there's some very high quality ones from this tour. Uh, so do keep listening. Do keep telling your friends. RichardHerring.com for all your Richard Herring needs. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another Rahalastapa. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hello, welcome to another Rahalastapa Book Club. I'm delighted to be joined by Lee Hosey Pickett, who's written a fabulous book, a very important book as well, I think, called Up in Smoke, Stories from a Life on Fire. Hello, Lee. How are you doing? You okay? I'm, I'm very good. Um, Thank you for having me on. No, it's my pleasure. I've really, really enjoyed the book. Now, you are a firefighter. So my yep. first question to ask you is, is Hosey Pickett your real name or is that, a, <laughs> is, that a, is that a nickname that you've acquired over the years? You couldn't make it up, could you? I, um, <laughs> when I got my, my wife's uh, surname is Hosey. She's okay. French. Um, right. And she said, how, how, how do you fancy having uh, my, my double barrel name? Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that would be fantastic. And it hadn't... It, it just didn't register the how or how humiliating <laughs> that will eventually become at work. <laughs> <laughs> good well i'm glad i know i hoped it was because it would be quite a bad nickname for a fireman sure, sure, <laughs> if that was sure. if that were a firefighter that, if that's the best you can well he's got a hose we can call him yeah. hose. <laughs> it's good at the hose bit um look the book is um i, I, I love this it's, it's it's entertaining it's very funny but it's obviously also um 
very a shock. It's a real look into uh, into the life of a firefighter, which is obviously has absolutely horrific and horrible moments in it. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, and I found it very sensitively written as well. Um, Thank you. The, the um, I, it, I was dry, I was foolishly driving my car whilst listening to the chapter <laughs> about car crashes. <laughs> but, but, I found, but I found your the the story of uh, the story you told about how you have to get in the car and hold hands mm. with people who may mm. be dying or certainly mm. very injured. It was it was an incredibly moving story. I, I thought mm. that one particularly. Mm. Um, so it's uh, I mean, there, but there's a lot of humour in it, and I, as a comedian. Um, I'm sort of interested in the way that what can be a well, it's a, a mixture of it because it's a very boring situation for a long time, and then sure. a very adrenaline-filled, yeah, and yeah. and potentially scarring in mentally mm. and physically experience. Uh, so, what, how important is humour in, in amongst firefighters? Do you think? I mean, the book makes it clear it is, but yeah, I think what what it, it, being in the in the job for as long as I've been, you often meet members of the public or, or friends of friends that aren't really aware of what it actually means to, or what it takes to be a firefighter. And you you hear the same question over and over and again. Um, what, how do you do your job? Now, how is that possible? You know, you must see some terrible things. Yeah. And they're absolutely correct. And if it wasn't for um, if it wasn't for the banter and the humour yeah. and the way that that enables firefighters to decompress from some very, very emotional and stressful situations, the job would be impossible. And you cannot, you know, there, there is a, there's a fine balance between um, uh, uh, laughing at something and laughing because you need to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> m- many people would say, isn't that slightly insensitive that yeah. you're laughing at death? And you think, well, it, when you're in that circle of intimate trust amongst your work colleagues um, and members of the public, especially those that may be related to the individuals that have passed away, have been seriously injured, it's, you know, it's how we manage. It's how we cope. Yeah. Um, and it's an essential part of the job. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It is, you know, it's exact. I mean, I was, I was going to say it's exactly the same as being a comedian, apart from that we don't save any lives or risk. No. Well, we, we slightly risk our lives by going on yeah. stage, but <laughs> only from a bottle being thrown at us or whatever. But it, but it uh-huh. is, but that that philosophy towards comedy, you know, it is, it, it sort of does feel. I, I, I would suspect everyone within their group of friends has has something like that where they're able, you know, you're able to say, you know, I know that doctors talk about this, and obviously medical students are sort of renowned for for yeah. the humorous way of getting through yeah. through all of this. But if you, I mean, you, you describe in the book some very, uh, you know, awful things that you have to witness. And obviously with fire, there's a whole extra level to this. Where there's, there isn't, I can't think of a worse way to, no. you know, to die than being caught up in a fire. So if mm. you're witnessing that, which most of us thankfully don't have to witness, um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> making jokes about it has to be the only way. I presume <laughs> sure. there's a lot that you, a lot of jokes that that didn't make it into the book <laughs> that you do, which is probably a good That's thing. Book and <laughs> but it, you know, it's, but it, but I find it interesting as well because it's it's it is that it's the. I mean, you describe your first job where you you didn't go out on any sort of serious calls for months, and so mm. you there's this job if you're a professional firefighter, you're sitting around waiting for something to happen. Sure. Uh, and killing time and uh-huh. going to the gym or, or you're yeah. saying you used yeah. to play snooker there might have been snooker yeah. or whatever yeah. Yeah. Or whatever yeah. you're doing but yeah those so the practical jokes um i mean i think that i'd find that the worst part of doing the job to be honest <laughs> 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 
I'd be hoping, I'd be, I'd be hoping there was a fire to get away from the practical jokes. But there are some very good. I mean, there are some very, very, very uh, complex and well thought out and like so over the top uh, practical jokes in there. That, that I've tried to, yeah, I've tried to add a balance, and it's, um, you know, it, it, it took a while to write, and and. And that was because I wanted to get the balance of um, what it really takes to be a firefighter, the sort of characters and personalities that you find on fire stations. Um, I wanted to um, educate people with uh, fire safety messages and road safety messages within the funny stories as well. You know, I try and add that. Um, whilst you're having a, a laugh and a, um, you know, uh, at what you're reading, there's also a really important safety message in there as well. And I yeah. summarise that at the end. You know, those that read the book will see on the very last chapter. I bring together all of those, and I think I call that um, this book could, you know, this book could save your life. And yeah, it can. It, you know, it really can. Um, yeah. There is uh, obviously. I mean, we'll, we'll touch on the mental health side of things as well. But it's uh, it does there's a huge personal sacrifice made by every firefighter in the UK and all around the world with the job and what it entails and what you see and what you take away from that. Because uh, as a famous, uh, a famous saying from one of my close colleagues, who's a firefighter, Ricky Nuttall, he said, firefighters leave incidents, but incidents don't leave firefighters. Yeah, of course. And and I think, you know, that's what, because we don't think about that, you know, I mean, I would hope most people are very grateful that the fire service is there. Then you mm. read this book and realise firefighters are, are living on the breadline, not getting paid properly, you know, not being paid for doing certain jobs that they do anyway. Um, and it's sort of unbelievable that people wouldn't be like incredibly grateful and thinking let's give these guys as much money as possible just because you know you can sometimes think with with something like disability or something like that or that kind of charity which i've worked with i can sort of understand why people think oh well that'll never happen to me even though it will with a fire you know there's every chance that that could happen sure what you want to be you want to know that if there's a fire in your house that someone will be there in five minutes to to get you out of it you know so it's 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 incredibly that people um Mm. Mm. Uh, mm. aren't but but I think to hear the story and that's what's great because again I think it's a voice um, that maybe in the past in publishing we wouldn't have heard from I mean it's a it's a working class story and it's you know again although I've had a few working class people on on this yeah. podcast that it's, it's not that working class voices don't get through into publishing too no, often no. and when it just came to writing the book before we talk about the the job which I would do want to talk mm. about more um were you approached to write this? Did you write, did you come up with the idea of writing this? Uh, you know, and was it a difficult it, process to get to get it, it published? So it was a it was it was kind of a, a a chance thing, you know. For many many years, having come through three, you know, I'm a third generation firefighter in my family. Um, my grandfather and my father would always say, you know, we not just as a family, but firefighters generally have an incredible story to tell. Yeah. Um, and knowing my my lineage, my family lineage in the fire service is uh, is long and strong. I thought. You know, I I have a story. My family has a story. You know, firefighters have a story, and not many get the opportunity. So for a long time, I was conscious of um, going down and uh, you know the journey of writing something. Um, and then just by chance, uh, um, uh, a, a, a guy called Jamie Coleman, who's my editor, who edited the book with me, um, he p- approached me on Twitter and said um i'm i'm looking to i'm i'm looking for a firefighter to write a book and i was like yeah. oh well why do you should <laughs> why do you should approach me um and it was just this this incredibly um 
uh, incredible journey of, 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 of writing and, and getting all the editorial guidance from Jamie that we um, that we were able to publish this this story. You know, it was very considered. Yeah. There was many many drafts, um, and you know, the, uh, I'm, you know, I'm institutionalized in the fire brigade. I have no cross transferable skills, so so writing a book was uh, was a very unique and, and different thing. But 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 a journey. I'm I'm really grateful for for, for being on. Yeah, it's it's very well judged, I think, uh, Lee. As well, it's you know, it's not easy writing a book, even if, even when it's autobiography and you know you're going well I've mm. just got to write what happened uh, I mean there's so much more to to, to get a life as uh, kind of as uh, eventful yeah. as yours into a, a book anyway but but it's you know I think the I think the the juxtaposition of humor and and more serious stuff but uh, what I mean it, it also makes you reevaluate what or makes one re- reevaluate their the stereotypes they might have of fire fighters, sure. which you know, or firemen, I think a lot of people would would still call yeah. you, and uh, yeah. that's one of the stereotypes that's in you know that's embedded, yeah. sure. and I'm still I, I still kind of have to check myself not to do it. Um, sure, uh, I, you know, but also I, I, it really we've got a guy called Ian Stone coming on the book club in a few weeks, who's written a book about yeah. the 1970s, liking the okay. jam and liking football. Yeah, uh, and the and the difference between then and now. In in masculine in the terms of masculinity, which again isn't the the only yeah. thing in firefighting, yeah. but is so huge. And and again, I think what one of the remarkable things about this book, and one of the things that make people might be surprised about, is uh, how inclusive firefighting is now, and and how uh, you know that attitude of masculinity mm. is so different now. The, the you know the bottling it up and sure not talking about your feelings, and you know, and maybe having little different cliques of and not liking certain types of people which we might associate with the olden yeah. days i think you know yeah sure and, and, yeah and, and we I'm, you know I'm, I'm grateful that i've seen a lot of that transition from yeah. from having a, a male dominated a white male dominated workforce when i joined the service in 1997 and how that's changed um yeah. and, you know the fire service nationally were were deemed um, sexist and racist um, because we had this dominance of white men um, yeah. and th- th- there was a huge campaign by every fire and rescue service that, that set to change that, um, you know, change that, 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 uh, that, that situation. Um, we've come a long way. There's still a long way to go. You know, I, I'm, I'm blessed to have uh, worked with some incredible females who in my dad and grandfather's, not so much my dad because the transition had changed in the 80s, but certainly in my grandfather's era, you know, women yeah. in a fire station. <laughs> the, only, the only position for a woman in a fire station was cleaning or cooking. Yeah, you know, back in the back in the fifties and sixties. Um, so you know, I'm I'm grateful that that's changed because for me as a as an officer in charge, as I um, as I uh, point out in in many chapters of the book, having a a female firefighter on my watch or a a, 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 a female or a male firefighter from a black and ethnic my black and ethnic minority um, background um, in, in my disposal, in my workforce, when I go and deal with sensitive incidents that may involve women or members from the black and ethnic communities, I have this, this person that I can say, you know, can you, can you go and speak to them? Because it's, it's it instantly, it's a, it diffuses, it calms. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's that connectability between the, the you and the service uh, and the community that you're there to protect. Sure. Um, and it's great that people can see themselves on fire engines now, or more yeah. of themselves on fire engines. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I'm sad that I'm at the 
tail end of my career when all this has really changed. You know, I, um, you know, I, I, it feels quite sad to think that in in the not too distant future that I'll, you know, I'll leave the fire service, but it will be yeah. in a much healthier place. Yeah, that's well, good. I mean, again, it's a bit like the, <laughs> the comedy community as well. Isn't it? I mean, it's a bit like everywhere. And I guess there's a, you know, there's a reverse prejudice. There's a sort of anti, you know, I guess a lot of working class people are in are firefighting. And so there's there's that prejudice that you're facing in re- in return that that, sure. that that you would, you know, that you would be behaving in a certain way. And it's sort I mean, you know, just that story of you going into the car and, and having to be sensitive enough to talk to a, a guy, an old man, when his wife's passed away in the car beside him. Mm, and yeah. and you know, obviously that's affecting you. That's obviously affecting him. And mm. the sensitivity required, I mean, that, so that, you know, if, if you were just a brash, super strong man, and you are, I'm mm. sure, a super strong man, mm. then, you know, and, and didn't want to speak, then that would be a, 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 an awful thing. But the, to be able to have the, the negotiation and the, the intellectual capacity to the emotional capacity has to talk to people in sure. that situation is, is, uh, you know, as to me, as impressive as running into, uh, into, yeah. into a burning building, Absolutely. which I have to tell you, I have to tell you is very impressive, <laughs> which I, which I'd rather talk to someone who was dying than running <laughs> to a burning building, but I don't think I'd be good at it. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, I think that to see the sensitivity and the, the sensitivity you portray and the honesty with which you do, it, I think is great as well, because mm. you're you're not sort of saying, oh, things, things are fine. Things are perfect. You're, you're, you sure. acknowledge where things have gone right and where they've gone wrong. But I think, you know, it, it's just I think you get so few books that are written from the perspective, you know, you might get a novel about a firefighter yeah. and it probably yeah. isn't someone who's ever been in a fire engine, you know. Or sure. has yeah, gone and yeah. gone to a fire station and talked to a few guys or and a few of the uh-huh. few of the firefighters. Um, so it's it's really impressive to get your to, to you know to hear from someone who I think the fact you span those generations is 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 partly mm. what makes it great. But it's but you know I think it's very reassuring as a man to to feel that the men involved in this are yeah. have moved on. And I love the camera. You know the, that tight knit camaraderie between you couldn't afford to be racist or sexist. Absolutely uh, not, amongst no. your team because they're, they're, those, those yeah, people right, might yeah, be saving yeah, your life yeah, some, at some point. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, there are there are, as you can imagine in, in any in any um, in any department or team, there are uh, there are characters that rub characters up the other way. No, but not everybody gets on with everybody. But there's one incredible thing about firefighting and that industry and that career is that despite any friction or irritation that may be felt by individuals on a station when there's that downtime, yeah. when we get that fire call, regardless of what it is, that is that all gets put on a shelf and we are all dependable and, uh, and any one of us would give our lives for our colleagues. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's, and that, that's, that's firefighting all over the world. You'll see that, you know, are you, as, as you, as you, um, as you've read in my book and as people will read or hear, um, I, I test that theory when I go abroad. I'm always going into a fire station. My wife's like, oh, for fuck's sake, not another fire station visit. You know, <laughs> she's, um, uh, but I, I have to test that. And it, you know, and it is true. You, you are, you are treated like a long returning family member. Um, yeah. and it's, and it's incredible. And I don't know of many, I'm not going to say none. I don't know of many occupations that have that bond, whether it's domestically or internationally. 
I think it's pretty unusual to be, you know, like you talk about going uh, to New York and just popping into a, a fire station in New mm. York and, and making friends with people based on the job. And that's, but you know, that's, I think, you know, I notice a little, again, amongst comedians, it, when you talk to other comedians, you drift in and out, you know, you could, if, you're, if I'm in a room with another comedian, I, it's like recognizing a, a, a dog, sure. recognizing another dog. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you, yeah. and you you're quite comfortable with each other. But I don't think if I walked into a comedy club in New York, that everyone will go, hey, you're a comedian coming in. I think they'll be a bit like, yeah, all right, mate, we're all comedians. So that <laughs> that's that's amazing. And I think, and again, I, I think you know, I get talk back to just the the, the humour part for a, a second. The, the thing that I think it really brought home for me, which is again, I think pe- things that people don't understand about comedy sometimes is it comedy can be a you know at its best, it's a uniting thing. So you even though if you're taking the piss out, if you don't like each other. Yeah, or you yeah. do like each other and you're taking the piss it's out of each other. It's a mm. way to to get closer together rather than to push people yeah. apart. So yeah. and, and I yeah. think that that's what's really yeah. clear from the humour in this. However, you know, yeah. you could you could take something out of context and go, Oh, how could you do that? How could you be that you know, how could you treat that that I mean yeah. it's, it's all the newbies being being uh, you know sure. being mocked and everything. But it's but it's it's with love and it's with you know, this is what happens to everyone. This is so in a, in a sense, exactly. if you, if you know if someone came in and you didn't do it to them, that would be almost yeah. more offensive yeah. than doing it because you'd be going, oh, there's Absolutely. some reason I can't, I can't, you can't sure. do it. And that's yeah, and yeah. that's where people that that's where you know writing the book, I feared that there may be some aspects of the comedy that would be um, misconstrued or taken out of context. Yeah. Um, and I think I've 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 gone a long way to describing that humor and banter and and that uh, lightheartedness within within the role of a firefighter and a watch is based on you know um uh, trust and love and compassion and inclusivity and like you say if if um if somebody wasn't in amongst that banter then that's yeah. that's quite a difficult place to be um and i think from generations and generations of firefighters that come onto stations and come onto watches there's almost this thing that goes on about like passed down banter and we almost get people to um understand that it you shouldn't be too offended no yeah you shouldn't take like you know you should be able to laugh at yourself or others um in in a very uh controlled way because if you find banter offensive when you go out and you see some of the terrible things that you're going to see that's when you will truly know what offense is because you do see some offending things that will stay with you forever. Yeah. And being able to have that trust, um, and that, uh, that, that decompression when you come back to station and somebody might say something completely inappropriate (laughs) in relation to the job you've just been to. And it's almost so outrageous that you find yourself laughing, but thinking, why am I laughing at that? But (laughs) it's just the way we deal with things. And we're not, we're not insensitive. You know, uh, when we go out on a fire engine, um, we are 100% professional and we get the job done. And it isn't until we're in those confines of of privacy that we are able to just do what we do. Um, and 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 I hope that people that read the book get an understanding of the importance of that, um, of of, of the need for that and, um, almost say, do you know what? Um, you've um, uh, you deserve the right. You 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 deserve to be. Uh, you deserve to have a laugh. Yeah. Well, I think you know. I just think you need that. And if people don't understand that, I don't. You know, it just as a comedian, if people don't understand mm. 
it's it's about context. It's about how you're doing mm. stuff. It's about inclusivity and uh, yeah, and absolutely the need to, you know, and 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 obviously it only works to an extent. I mean, this book is very honest about um, the mental strains. You know, I thought, oh, the physical strains would be worse. You talk about being, you know, burnt in the face with battery acid and that sort of stuff. You think mm. that would be wor- the worst thing. And of course, you know, there's there's I think you 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 look at a firefighter and think, oh, they're so brave and that you know that this will all just and you, you don't really think about what you you all have to go through. And I think you talk about it being as a, you know, over the course of a career, it's sort of filling up this, you know, the, mm. the, 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 mm. the, your capacity to be able to cope with all this. And a lot of firefighters, obviously, towards the end or at some point or, or at the beginning, find it too much to, to cope with. So sure, it, it's it, the, the accumulative effects of of yeah. what we see over the over the course of a career, and it, it's very dependent on um, what exposure you've had to death up to that point of joining the fire service. Because if you've had zero, if you've never seen a dead person, you know that that may affect you um, in, in some ways. It may affect others in more ways than it does some some other people. But it, it isn't often a calm, passed away person that's no. that we're viewing. You know, it can be. And is very horrific at times. And if you've had zero exposure to that as a new recruit, then it is very overwhelming. And we almost we almost encourage a very light hearted view on life because at a moment's notice, it can all change very quickly. Yeah. And, and but, you know, you're also risking your own lives. And I mean, that, and, uh, you know, as we've seen from countless international news stories, uh, you know, here and abroad, Obviously, nine eleven being the you know sure. in, in firefighter terms being and, well, and in every term being one of the worst yeah. things that's ever happened. But you know that's that's you every day having to cope with the possibility that you're going somewhere and you you might not come back. Which I guess you just have to tune out to some extent, but yeah. it must always be there. Yeah, yeah. I think so, we're so highly. Uh, somebody said to, I had a, a, a young a girl come to the station with her mum on an open day, and she had some questions for me, and she said. Could I ask you, the, the most serious question she asked was, are you ever afraid? And it was such a like, wow, what a, what yeah. a powerful question. It and is. I pondered that for a moment and I said, <laughs> do you know what? No, I'm not. And she was like, what? I said, no, I'm not. And I said, and I'll tell you why, because I've, I've thought about it. We are so highly trained. We've got some incredible equipment. And we have this incredible way of working that keeps us as safe as we possibly can be. And we trust yeah. one another. And when you put that, all those things together, you've got a pretty strong equation that kind of puts death and fear of death to one side because there's so much trust there in everything yeah. that you have and do. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, but firefighters do die. Um, we have um, red memorial plaques now all around the country that are popping up and and being placed in recognition of, of firefighters that have laid down their lives in, in in service of their communities, which is incredible. And it's it's something that um, all firefighters that are in the job now appreciate that acknowledgement of the sacrifice these individuals have made. Um, and uh, yes, uh, yeah. It, it was a powerful question from her. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I pondered it. I'm, and I'm glad I kind of got in my own head why I'm not fearless. Cause I'd never thought about it before. Yeah. I mean, but you do, I mean, it's, you do have a lot of time to think in the job, I guess as well, which is, you know, and that's, I think it's sort of so 
it's such an unusual job in that just so much of it is waiting for something to happen. And especially if you're in a quiet fire station, that's yeah. a lot of months of almost, you know, you talk about almost yeah. wanting to go out on your first serious because yeah. you've trained for this and, you know, without wanting, you know, sure. thinking, I hope some people yeah. are going to die today. <laughs> um, you know, so it's, it's, it's such an, an unusual job. And so I think, yeah, to be able to even cope with it in the short term, uh, mentally speaking, is, mm. um, is, uh, is sort of incredible. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash boast. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. No, this isn't a podcast about milk. If you like historical intrigue, a bit of culture, and a sprinkling of controversy, this one's for you. I'm Rachel Stewart, and I'm travelling around Europe, following the hidden history of everyday things as they're exported through time and around the world, by force, by chance, or by choice. No need to pack your bags. Just subscribe to Don't Drink the Milk wherever you listen to podcasts. I've actually, I've been, I was involved in one fire. I've been in where, um, and it's absolutely terrifying. And we were, uh, it was when I was a, a, just for as a student, when I was uh, on Camp America, and we were in a, 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 the Redwood Forest, basically in Northern California. So yeah. we were like a hundred or two hundred miles from the nearest yeah. fire station, I think. Yeah. And um, and the last night party, thankfully, all the kids had gone home. There was a party and someone dropped a cigarette on the staircase, I think. And there was someone in this cabin saw the fire going uh-huh. upstairs. Then the whole thing went up. Oh, wow. It was right. Wow. It was right by where all the gas was. And there were tr- we were woken up. I was oh, pissed. You know, we just had the, this party. <laughs> yeah. Woken up. I had to be shaken awake. And I was looking up the hill at these redwood trees just going up. No. Wow. And, it, and you know, and no, we had to try and deal with it ourselves to begin with yeah. by just yeah. taking yeah. big tubs of water up there. Absolutely. Uh-huh. I mean, if I hadn't been drunk, I think it would have been... <laughs> There, you know, and there, there was no wind Scary or anything. That day. Luckily, there'd been a little bit of rain for the first time all summer the right. night before, and I think that's you know nobody yeah. nobody yeah. got hurt. Someone nearly got run over, but no one got hurt. And, wow. uh, and, and the fire brigade arrived, but we I think I say we some yeah. some of the tougher boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'd help I'd help load some water onto a truck, but it but absolutely just terrifying. And that was sort of you know. 50 meters away from the, from the fire, I suppose. And it didn't luckily spread through. Right. So, so it's, you know, I can appreciate um, what you do to, to a tiny extent, just having experienced something like that, which I suppose, yeah. I suppose a lot of people just haven't, haven't really necessarily experienced. It's, it's something that you, it's one of those things you think won't, won't happen to you. Um, and I was just about to say that yeah. every single week, I will hear that phrase from yeah. someone and it will be, yeah. I never thought that would happen to me. 
Um, and that's why I, you know, I make a really, really strong points in the book about planning for the, planning for the, um, for, for the fire in your home. Yeah. Don't be one of these people that says, I never thought it would happen to me and lose, you know, everything, you know, and own or family members or pets have a yeah. plan of action. And, you know, I, I give some really good advice in there on how to do that and hope that once people, you know, close that book up, they think, right, the first thing we're going to do is test the smoke alarm to see if they work yeah. on every level. <laughs> and if I haven't got any, go and bloody buy some yeah. um, and have a plan, have a plan. How, if, if we're woken up at 3am and the house is full of smoke, what do we do first? You know, yeah. don't be one of, you know, don't become a statistic. And, you know, I, I, I hope I've got the balance of that right. I think I have. I've had some great Definitely. feedback from it. Um, and, you know, like you, you've enjoyed it. And um, I'm proud of it. I'm very proud of it. You should be very proud of it. I think just things like, I mean, I think the thing um, that really got to me was the idea of tailgating an emergency vehicle, which you see happening all the time. And you think, oh, you know, doesn't matter, does it? If someone else is doing it, you know, I don't think I've ever done it myself, but I might have done no. it if you're in a hurry. And and you explain how distracting that is and how dangerous that is. And obviously, the, the you know, you could crash yeah. into the back, but also it's distracting for the driver. And you do very amusingly tell the story where you, you lost your rag <laughs> where you're able to get out. That was an astonishing <laughs> moment. I would, I would wish that... I could have seen that, but it's great. But I love that kind of, it's you know, it's just, the, again, it's the cumulative thing. And then you have the opportunity to just go to someone and go, what are you, what? and politely as... <laughs> Very politely, Lee, <laughs> you go and, with some anger, tell ask this lady what she's sure. Uh, yeah, but you yeah. know, I think people wouldn't necessarily think about that. So I think things just like that you'll really make you think. You know, maybe do listen to it when you're driving because it it's sort of the it's yeah. sort of terrifying if you have the audio, but which is which you read brilliantly mm. as well. Um, Thank you know, you. it does it does. I mean, it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the scary thing about driving is, you know, a lot of accidents can happen and they're not your fault, right? So that you, sure. yep. you just yep. get crashed yep. into by some other yep. idiot, and yep. uh, and it's but you know, but again, I suppose it's reassuring to know, you know, that you guys all know what you what you're doing in those mm. circumstances and how you you can get in and and often mm. save people. Mm. Though I'm sure is it a car accidents the kind of worse in terms of fatalities in your in your job? Or is uh, that, yeah, or... I, in my in my experience, um, oh, there's a balance there to be had, Richard. Um, yeah, I've seen so many, but the, the, I think some of the most horrific things where you think, "Wow, can that actually happen to a human body?" is is at the result of of, of careless driving, um, yeah. um, and drunk driving or drugs driving. Um, it can be seriously distressing and it should and, and I'm, I hope I'm quite vivid enough without being too graphic in in sending that message through my book that um don't drive like a dick yeah. because you you know you, you, you know you you don't get a second chance no um yeah, you do not get, if you if you sorry there's definitely some shocking things in there uh you know uh, but, but I think they have I think you have to put those I'm I'm sure you could you could have gone a lot further. Um, I think you're talking about taking someone's someone burning, taking their skin off their arm like it's a sleeve. Mm. That was the that was the mm. bit for me that was that yeah. was uh, the most vivid bit. But yeah, obviously you talk about you know some fatalities in in car accidents where you know again a lot of things you don't you're not you're not imagining can happen. You know you talk about this incident where someone ended up with a a post right through their headrest that had just missed their head by yeah. an inch or something. And, you know, how close yeah. they came to the, and they walked away yeah. fine. So it's, it's those, 
you know, mm. just some, a one little thing. You, you can survive. Ones. Yeah, the you can. Ones, you can yeah. You know, luckily there's, you can survive a lot of car accidents these days. But then you can just be unlucky in one way or another. But yeah, so it's, it's. Yeah. You know, I think it, I think it. People do need to think about these things, and it is great. But I, I, you know, I think there's. It's got there's so much going on in this book because there's enough. <laughs> there's enough funny stories that you can you know you can read it to just enjoy. Yeah. The camaraderie and the banter uh, that, yeah. that would go on between working people, um, but there's yeah, there's the, all this advice, there's safety tips, uh, and um, and I, you know, I really, I mean, I just think it's so important, especially for men, and I'm delighted that men are more open about talking and being honest about their emotions now, and I'm glad that that you know that firefighters are not thinking. You know, all those men who went to war in the you know in the 1940s. And 30s and came back and refused to talk yeah. to anyone about what they'd been through uh and you know this as a firefighter that's you're essentially the closest to being in a war zone without anyone hopefully without anyone shooting at you no. <laughs> you know i've been doing it i'm not i'm not going to rule it out uh no. but uh but you know so it's and, and so to not talk about those experiences or to bottle them up or think it's you know, manly or or whatever, or impressive if you're a woman to not mm. talk about it. I just, I think men traditionally have been so bad about talking about these things that it's, I'm, I'm just, it heartens me to see that, that this is, a, you know, it feels like something happening across the board that, you know, as much as you guys will take the piss out of each other, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that equally if someone's struggling or in trouble, you're looking out for them as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as, as you've read, um, I'm I'm very... It was a difficult chapter for me to write because I I knew the journey that, (coughs) excuse me, I knew the journey that I'd been on was a very difficult one. Um, And uh, to to have come through it and come out the other side, it's almost like you've you've dealt with it and you've you've put it in a box and um, I'm okay now. But I felt with the opportunity to write this book that it wasn't a consideration in the beginning. You know, this I just wanted to, 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 to tell a side of a story of a firefighter that was more on the funny side. Yeah. But the more I wrote the book, I, the more I felt the need for the mental health aspect of it to almost sit. I didn't know where to put it, middle, beginning, middle, end. <laughs> um, I, I felt that it should go at the end because it's what people need to read and appreciate, whether that's members of the public that just need more of an appreciation of what firefighting can lead to, or firefighters that read the book that close the cover and go, do you know what, I'm fucked and I need help. Um, and, 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 and pursuing and almost seeing the seeing if I could do it, then maybe they could. And, um, and that's, uh, I felt very exposed and vulnerable in writing that knowing that, I don't know, let's, let's be hopeful. Millions of people were going to read it. (laughs) That I, that everyone knows that I've been broken and I am broken. Um, but I've come out of the other side and, and almost want to inspire others, whether they're in the job or not to, be honest and say, do you know what? If he can say, you know, if he can be hold his hand up and say, I need help. I can't do this on my own. I thought I could, um, but actually I can't, I need a professional, whether that's a a therapist or, um, you know, just somebody to talk to, uh, uh, taking that first step is, is, is the most important. Mm -hmm. And I go back to having, having female firefighters in the job as well. I think personally that that has had a bearing on the softness of the job. 
and having more softness in the form of female firefighters almost allows us to be softer as well. Mm -hmm. Because when you are in a dominant male workforce, there is this bullshit bravado and facade that firefighters, um, not so much now, but had like, I, I can't admit I'm, I can't admit I'm broken because I'll get the piss taken out of me or I'll be, you know, I'll be, I'll be taken off the run, which is our um, term for not being able to work operationally. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the fear that that may bring that they might even lose their job. Um, you know, I'm glad with, you know, I'm glad with, I'm glad we're in a different, um, a different realm. I'm glad that I'm able to have an influence with my book on a change of attitude. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think, it, it, you know, I think it's very easy for, a, a, you know, a member of the public just to think all of this washes over everyone, that you're just, you know, <laughs> that firefighters is just a brave, mm. or, you know, or, or thick headed and won't, it won't affect them. But, you know, <laughs> it's sort of weird. It's, you know, it's, it's uh-huh. being made to think about it. I think it's great just seeing how the job works. Um, I know you, I mean, I, I, was, I was living in Shepherd's Bush when uh, Grenfell mm. happened. And okay. I know I and I slept through it and uh, it was, you know, it was very close to my house, really. And, 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 and you were obviously there. And I don't want you to talk about this necessarily. I, just, I think it's just I was so emotionally affected by what happened from from that distance, even just having to see the building every time you would drive up the, the A40, you would just see the building. And I, that still haunts me. And, you know, seeing... See, just seeing the smoke coming out of the building, but also seeing the the, sure. the blackened building for so long, and you know, going down the next day trying to take stuff up to people. But you were, you know, mm. you were there and and, and experienced it. So I just, you, I, 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 I wasn't there. Sorry. No, no. So no, no, I, I wasn't okay. there. I'm not. I'm. I'm not in uh, London Fire Service. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, I missed. I, I yeah. Missed, so I um, uh, so um, I have very, very close friends that were there. Oh, okay. Um, I missed. I missed. I missed. And I, what I've, that's okay. What I've, what I've done with uh with writing the book is uh, at the beginning I, I i made it i thought because of i'm going to be talking about people and incidents that i felt that i had to have as much disguise over um where i work and where i'm from right, okay. and that's why you know that's why in the book i i i i, I go to great lengths to try and protect people places organizations and things like that and um yeah i talk about incidents like grenfell and yeah. and it, it would read like I was there and I was, okay. I was mindful of making sure that, um, that, that, uh, that I shone a big light on that incident and, and what that actually means to firefighters that yeah. were there. Um, because it's very important because some of those, you know, some of those men and women, um, have, uh, been horrendously emotionally and mentally scarred for life. Sure. And I wanted to acknowledge them and 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 them being there. So yeah, sorry if I've um, sort of led you to believe I was. No, no, in but London I mean it doesn't. Tape. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, it, it doesn't change the point, which is you know no. that 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 you've been through things that that you know even yeah. from a distance would mo- most people would go, oh my god, that's too much to cope with, and and so you've yeah. been into those situations and sure. other firefighters absolutely. So you know, sure. it's it's it's. Um, it's an important point, and I think it. And I think I, I think this book will really make people think about that. It's yeah. made me think about it, as you know. But it is, it's it's a very readable book. It's a brilliant written book, Lee. And yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't know how much writing you've done in the past, but it, you know, that's 
it's not it's a, a lot. <laughs> it's a it's a difficult. You know, I'm a writer, and I and I found writing books okay. to be a, a very difficult thing to do, and especially a personal thing, and especially I think I think to be able to get across those emotional, the emotive passages, you know, to actually mm. move. Mm. I was I was you know I was pro- properly moved by um by parts of this story. Um, and, uh, you know, because you absolutely, you absolutely put the reader into where you are. So you, you, it's, it, you know, it's, it's just, I, I really recommend people to read it because I think you, you as you say, <laughs> it could help you. It could help you stay alive. Sure, absolutely. But, but I think yeah. just in order to put yourself in the position of someone else and a, and a story that you wouldn't necessarily always get, or, yeah. or certainly not from the horse's mouth and, um, yeah. So yeah, so thank you very much for writing it, and thank you for being so so honest about thank it. Thank you very and, much, Richard. Um, uh, you've been and you've been you've been you know you got you got a quote from Russell Brand on the on the front, and you've been yeah. did you meet him through working as you've been working as a DJ? In the... No, I, I've I've known Russell since I was five. Oh, have you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the scallywag, and he um he he's obviously been he's he's been a massive fan of the Fire Brigade Union for yeah. a very long time, and we've done many many things outrageous things that I care not to discuss the things he's got me involved in um uh politically but um yeah he as soon as he, he found out that I was writing it he said Lee what you know what can I do for you because uh I, I want to help you and you know I appreciate I appreciate what you do and what firefighters do in general um and I gave him the book and I said to him just all, I, all I'd like you to do is uh, read it and just give me an, an organic quote for the jacket. Um, and yeah, and he said he was he was more than happy. So thank you for having me on. Um, it's, it's been a pleasure. And I just hope that, uh, like, you know, you, you said you've, you've read it yourself and you've enjoyed it yeah. and that, that people are able to do the same. And, you know, the, the reason for writing it was simply for people that may not have had an idea of what firefighters do is to you know, get the full picture. Yeah. Um, and it isn't. And then, you know, when they see that red, you know, those red doors in their community, the fire station, um, they actually have an idea of who's behind them. Because like you said, people know firefighters exist, but it isn't until you need them that you truly understand their worth. And it's like an insurance policy. We all pay, uh, we all pay uh, money for insurance for our cars or our homes. Um, it's, the firefighters are different. You, 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 um, you pay your council tax. Part of your council tax goes to the fire service. Yeah. Um, and they are essentially an, an insurance policy for their, uh, that are there for when we need them in our, in our worst moment. Yeah. Um, and, so, yeah. You know, and hopefully people, it will make people, I mean, it, it made me angry as well that you're not, that you're not being appreciated as much as you should. Uh, by certain uh-huh. members of the society, but also mainly by the government. Yeah. You know, the, the fact that yeah. I mean, all this sort of a cost cutting, you kind of think, what's you know, what, what are you going to replace mm. if you give you if you fair stuff down like mm. this? What the thing you replace it with? If you if you replace it, will be more expensive than what we're paying now. And absolutely. why aren't yeah. you know? We absolutely should be in the position where where guys mm. like you, people like you are, um, mm. you know, paid properly for what they're doing and uh and comfortable and not having to go to food banks you know i just i absolutely. think that's it's absolutely it, the, U- but, yeah, yeah. the uk is the worst paid uh fire and rescue um you know the, the worst firefighters are paid the worst in anywhere else in the world in the uk yeah. um you know we're, we're not held in the same regard as as many other countries which is very very sad um you know and we've got a uh you know we've just been offered this derisory insulting two percent pay offer Right. pay increase um and that's looking likely to, to to go to a ballot for strike action across the winter yeah. which nobody wants but um two percent when inflation is so high is 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 a is a real insult and 
um, yeah, firefighters deserve more. They really do. And it just makes no sense. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things <laughs> at the moment mm. in the world that make no sense. And there's a lot of government yeah. decisions that make no sense. But it just, uh, you know, it absolutely bamboozles me. So I, I hope the book will help people, will open people's eyes to that. And uh, Thank you. and also, you know, make the fire brigade irrelevant. And we won't, because we'll all have smoke alarms and there'll never be enough. No, there will always be. <laughs> yeah, always there always be but you, but you, you know, but we need people there to come and get us out. And, you know, and you make it very clear. I, mean, I think that's the thing. If you have a fire in your home, you've got, you know, minutes, seconds to, to, to get out before, you know, so before the smoke gets to you. So that's, that's yes. why the smoke alarms are so important. Though mine yes. keeps on going off when nothing's <laughs> happening. That's what, when was the last time whenever, you tested it? Uh, I've, I've tested it's 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 it's, it's in the uh, circus i'm gonna get some around to look at it. the other day it just <laughs> the other day it went off a few years ago it went off for about a few seconds and then stopped uh-huh. again and it wasn't this battery because there's a battery and okay. the okay. alarm. yeah i couldn't yeah. understand it and then the other day yeah. it just went off for about you know half half a minute and um, i went around the house wow. and looked okay. for everything and then it went and then it mm. stopped and then it, and then it went off and then it stopped and then it went off i thought oh this is gonna be this is gonna get annoying it wasn't the battery. It wasn't the battery. It was going off, and then um, I hoovered it, and uh, maybe it was dust. Okay, but I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, well, it stopped. It stopped. So you just yeah, yeah, keep an eye yeah. on them and make sure they're at least it's working. I guess. Yeah. Even if it's even if it's malfunctioning, it's better exactly. to be woken up. As long as it's making a noise. Yeah, and when I make when I cook bacon, it goes off. So I think we're that's, <laughs> that's my fire test. Um. Really lovely to talk to you, and uh, thank, thank you so you. much for coming on this. And do go and buy uh, Lee's book, uh, everybody. I think we're back next week with I think it's Marina Hyde next week. So uh, I've, I've already recorded loads that are coming out after this one, but uh, but yeah, dude, there's some great uh, people coming up, including Richard Aowadi's coming up soon. Um, so do keep listening. Thank you very much. See you, Lee. Thanks a lot. Thank you. 'No, this isn't a podcast about milk. If you like historical intrigue, a bit of culture and a sprinkling of controversy, this one's for you. I'm Rachel Stewart and I'm traveling around Europe, following the hidden history of everyday things as they're exported through time and around the world, by force, by chance, or by choice. No need to pack your bags. Just subscribe to Don't Drink the Milk wherever you listen to podcasts. Before Shopify, were you wondering where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Thank you very much for listening to my podcasts. Listen to some more. Tell your friends about these podcasts. We're in a very competitive market. It would be lovely to keep those downloads coming in. The more downloads we get, the more money we make and the more podcasts we can make for you. It's a beautiful symbiotic relationship. Come and see me on tour at richardherring.com. But otherwise, just, you know, go outside. Enjoy the spring air. It's beautiful out there. I love you all. Goodbye.